still a little salty about you and your drink having your drink and I don't have mine readily on hand and you doing the ah I got my drink ah. <laughs> I'm just like alright that's, that's been my thing normally you know I, I get a little you know small cup of something sip on it feel good and we have a good time but um, but I haven't I, I, I actually have been dealing with um, the platform proprietor if, if that's the right term, I just wanted to sound smart, but uh, we do this on Riverside. We just like, well, of course, we, we do this on Riverside, which I love the idea of it. I love what it does because basically, you know, it isn't based on, you know, internet connection, which I've, we find that to be not true because a lot of the issues we have is based on internet connection. But it's like the basis of it is it takes your your native files, your video and audio files, and uploads it to the cloud to where we download those raw files and not whatever comes over the internet. So the audio's clear, the picture's clear, we do video. But we've been having upload issues for the last couple of weeks and issues, pun issues, pun issues, issues upon pun issues. issues. And it's crazy. Like what's going on? Like what is going on? So uh, P. Shaw isn't here. Um, I, I haven't even introduced the pod, but what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Dante Credo, here with the Talk My Credo podcast, here with my sis in the building, KT. Hey. She got that drink in her cup, and I'm sitting here with the cotton mouth, but it's okay. If you it's were okay. here, I'd buy you a drink. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, there was a whole thing, which I... Already, I forgot the word. So you on that song with T Pain? What does he say immediately? Immediately after that, so I'ma buy you a drink. Ooh wee! <laughs> Is that what he says? Ooh wee! I really don't know. I really See? don't know. See, I I don't even know that I've listened to the whole song sober. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so you, know, you know, when I hear that song, usually it's. Yeah. It's, it's going along with the, the the contents of the song. I get it, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. but I just I just wondered. I just wondered what 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 what. P. Shaw was in the building. What's going on? How y'all recording already? Well, you know, um, what do you mean already? Yeah, you know what time it is? Man. It is eight fifteen. So you are late. Late. He know. He know where I'm at. He know where I'm at. Uh, I'm here now. Like, look. Yeah, I mean, I, I was just—I tw- was up. trying to catch y'all before y'all started recording. Yeah, nah, we 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 in there, we in there. No, but um, we done started, Pete. Y'all done started, but, and but no, 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 I can't stay. Knowing I was just popping in, I, I I know, but we appreciate you pulling oh, up. Man. Shout out to Pete Shaw. He he's he's doing his 
his fatherly ministry duty yeah, yeah, yeah. right now, but you know, but he wanted to pull no, up. Don't so we point that star out. Star out. Don't what's even say, point it out. Yeah. Don't he, point he, that star out. Don't nobody care about that star. star oh head. man, you right. You right. You right. You right. <laughs> what's that movie? Uh, oh. Superstar. No. <laughs> 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 Sometimes when I get nervous, my hand in the wall. I'm like this. Y'all got issues. Man. Y'all got issues. All right, man. Y'all stay fly, stay blessed, man. I love y'all. All right, man. We love hey, you. Hey, how does work? Man. I need to leave it on Uh, Leave the call and then just leave it up, I think. Nah, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. I, don't worry about it. I know what to do. Okay. All right. <laughs> Peace out, man. Um, oh, so he just like muted everything. All right, but well, it's cool. Um, but yeah, shout out to shout out to Peace Y'all taking care of his business. Shout out to my children who are being uh, very um, boisterous right now, as they always are. So with that said. <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> uh, I forgot what I was talking about. What are we talking about? Oh, the 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 T Pain lyric. There's a lot of T Pain lyrics that are out. They when he sings a song, I have no idea what he's saying. So I, like, you know, when you don't know a song, you you watermelon through it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the only T Pain song that I know all the words to is "I'm Sprung." That's the <laughs> only like the- one. <laughs> It's like the first song he ever came out with as far as like yep. big time. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Which is fine. Like I I don't think I personally know any T Pain song all the way through. I may know a verse or something. And it's not it has no knock against T Pain, because T Pain is like insanely talented. But Yeah, um, he's really talented. Yeah, insanely talented. Um I I just never really Okay. Let know, me get my little yeah. lame lame thing out here okay uh-huh. i have the guilty pleasure of watching the mass singer okay uh-huh. i love that show yeah and i'm lame for it i don't care so <laughs> <laughs> here t-pain made me think of it because you know he won uh-huh. uh one of the was it the was the first oh, did he? yeah oh, he, he won, won one of those oh okay okay yeah i think it was the first season he won and um, when he revealed himself, I was like, oh, my God, you know, but because wow. um, I, I didn't realize, I think I, I think I did pick out who he was. I think I did guess that it was him, but I was just excited because I knew who it was. Yeah. But Todrick Hall, oh, okay. another insanely talented dude, got runner up this wow. time, this season. And he was killing it. Because I was like, who is this? I know I know this voice, but I can't figure out who this is. And it was Tadja Call. Tadja Call was killing it on The Masked Singer. In his bull costume, doing splits. And splits? uh, Yeah. He was doing splits and, you know, crowd surfing and everything in his bull costume. I was like, who is this dude? Like, who is this? Yeah, he was killing it. All right. Well, that sounds more entertaining than what I gave it credit for. 
So I, I may have to check out some highlights and stuff. But I, I, but I do remember T Pain being on it for some reason. But it, again, it's like that singer, that's that whack ass shit. <laughs> well, my cousin does a lot of whack ass shit. <laughs> go out to cuz though because yeah. Yeah. Um, he just recently lost his five month old son That's this, so sad. this is true yeah that is um very heartbreaking you know all, all jokes and stuff aside very heartbreaking and um and I, I I don't even I don't even know how to even process that um, and just and this coming from me because you know my mind just goes off as far as you know scenarios and blah 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 blah. Um, I just couldn't imagine what it'd be like to to lose a child to 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 lose to lose someone like this. Especially like, but thoughts and prayers always. You know they've already already been you know expressed and stuff to uh, to family. You know it's not like I have direct contact with them, but. I'm really close to those who do. <laughs> so just thoughts and prayers, man, to someone he probably doesn't even know exists. But it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. But um And wasn't um, he a fan of your rap like back in the day? Um I think so. But it, it was just such a lot like when we were kids, we all, you know, knew each other and kind of came up. Um he was just in the situation where you know, mothers in North Carolina, um, well, fathers in North Carolina, the mothers in California. So going back and forth from North Carolina to California, literally across the country. So we didn't have many interactions, uh, but we had a few and we got to connect, you know, at various points of life. Um, but even still, and that's how, how I am now, even at that point, that was you know, right when he started taking off on Nickelodeon, like when he was on all that and stuff like that, like, oh, bro, that, that's your cousin. Yeah, that's my cousin. No, I but, never you know, watched that show. Yeah, that, that used to be my show growing up. And I know we're revealing our age um, and I'm going to be that plus a year older tomorrow because tomorrow's my birthday. Hey! And I'm about to do absolutely nothing but go to work. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, back in the day when when all that was already you know going on with Keenan and Kel and all of them, Amanda Bynes and uh, all the others, um, then he I got never, on the show. I didn't have access. See, this was back in the day when I didn't have cable like that. Uh -huh. I didn't have access to Nickelodeon and them. Yeah, you know, I had the regular channels. You know, I Fox, understand. I understand. CBS, NBC, <laughs> NBC. I think that was it, wasn't it? It wasn't just like four, like five or six. Like I think UBN might have been. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, because there there was that black, you know, what, 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 yeah, <laughs> all, all that culture appropriation. Like you, you ain't going gonna to tell me that Stephen Frog wasn't uh wasn't a mentor show and, and insult the black people. Darper, 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 you Like no, get out of here, your racist ass frog. No, <laughs> no, but uh, but yeah, but how I've been, I never, I've never been starstruck. All that, all that to say. So, you know, when people that would know, as far as you know, who I'm related to, and this, that, and the third, they're like, "Yo, man, da 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 da." I'm like, "Yeah." Now, maybe that has, you know, whatever its cons that affected me, but I'm, I, I just know things behind the scenes of people that have tried to do things, and I, I understand it just doesn't work that way. To where, you know, not it's not as easy of thinking that someone's going to open the door for me. Um, what I've learned is you can talk yourself into any room or someone can bring you into any room, but it's going to be your talent, your substance, what you have that's going to keep you in that room. And I've mm-hmm. seen where doors were attempted to be open for some avenues to be, to be open for some, but they just didn't have what it take to stay there. Um, but with all that being said, like shout out to, uh, to my cousin, younger cousin, Javen, um, he is ne- uh, on the show while and out still. I think he's been on there maybe two or three seasons now. Uh, recently graduated college, graduated from Howard. Do I know, know Jason? I don't know if I. I'm not sure if you know him, but he he's the baby brother, and um, you know, so him and the brothers like we we those are the ones where we like like glue. Like we grew up and you know, the favorite cousins, because you know, we all have our favorite cousins of you know with that. But I, I've just never been the type to be starstruck. I, I will meet celebrities and stuff like that and be like, oh, that's you know, that's who you are. Oh, that's what's up, what's up? And I just going about my business. Um But that's but that's just that. All that to be said, you watch Mass Singer, um, which I am now interested and at least checking out some highlights um, and going all the way back to my original thing, because we went on like four different tangents. P. Shaw yeah, hopped in bad. and hopped yeah. out. Yeah, P. Shaw hopped in, then hopped back out. And all that to be said, I don't know what T-Pain be saying most of the time. <laughs> the moral of the story is, I'm going to buy you a drink. What does he say after that? The ad lib. I'm gonna take you home with me. Like, did he say ooh wee? So I'm about to look it up right now. Buy you a drink. Lyrics. I think he addressed this though. I think he addressed it, but yeah, I just can't I remember like what he, he said. Did. Yep. Uh oh, see, I was wrong. I'm gonna buy you a drink and then I'm gonna take you home with me. Uh see that, that doesn't. I don't even know if that flows right. I'm going to buy you a drink and then I'm going to take you home with me. That doesn't flow. I'm going to keep saying ooey. That's it. Too bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to keep saying ooey. (laughs) But all that being said, so how is everything going your way? Christmas is a couple of weeks. Is it a couple of weeks or one week? It's like a week away. Next week, ain't it? Is it next week? Next weekend. See, I'm so. It is next weekend. Dang. 
I thought I had more time. <laughs> I, got, I thought I had more time. I gotta start. I gotta start Christmas shopping and stuff. I gotta get stuff, but I already know what I'm gonna get. Uh, wifey got the the smaller individual stuff, and I'm gonna get the big one. They want um, a trampoline. I bought them a little hmm. kids trampoline, but one of them big ones or yeah, I'm gonna get them one of the big ones. Um, they they have a small one now, but they they grown like weeds, so they're too big to jump on it together. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I'm I'm gonna get them one of the the big trampolines, and uh, definitely gonna get the 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 security net around them because mm-hmm. with my kids, I know they're gonna just end up flying, <laughs> just set on flying. <laughs> Um, but I'm gonna get them one of the big trampolines, and and you know that's gonna be the big gift for the both of them. And then wifey is taking care of the smaller stuff. But it's just kind of I don't want to say hard, but again, I, I have children that are are spoiled, and I say that jokingly, but I say that also to be somewhat serious because they they don't want for anything. They have. Everything. My son is two years old and he has a tablet and uses it like a pro. Um, and so it's like, what what all do y'all need? They already have two huge boxes of toys and stuff. I'm like, what do you need? Um, but I've I, I try to make it a point to Yeah. <laughs> we need that. But here's the thing I'm I'm currently potty training my son, which is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, potty training my daughter was so easy, you know, because you know, anatomy and stuff. Just sit down, right? Um, <laughs> trying to <laughs> just when you feel an urge, just sit down, and that's it. But she, of course, you know, it wasn't, you know, super easy. But compared to my son, she was easy. You know, maybe about six well, months. You gotta teach him how to aim and all that. You know? Yeah. You know, but he's he's at this point, and, and my daughter was like this too. Um they they had a my my well, I started my daughter. My daughter had a, a small bit of rebellion to where she didn't go, where she didn't want to go. She would just pee and poop or whatever. Because there was just so much stuff to do. She just had so much stuff. She runs around. She has a great time. And she doesn't want to miss anything or doesn't want to not have fun. So I'm just going to do whatever and let you change me. You know, that type of thing. And my son is that times five to where, you know, it, it's like a full-on rebellion. But it's like, you are two years old. You're not even three yet. You can operate most electronics in this house. If you want to turn on the TV, you can turn on the TV. You can operate your tablet and watch anything that we allow to be on the tablet because we we got those things parental controlled mm-hmm. to the nines, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it's like you can operate those things no problem. Do whatever you want to. They they talk years ahead of their time. You know, when I, I have my son out or when he's at daycare. You know, for both of them, they always say, even at Micah's at school, they always say they're so well-spoken. They speak so well. And like, well, what do you do? Like, I don't know. Personally, I, I talk to them like I'm talking to a grown adult. Honestly, I don't baby him. And, you know, I, I don't know. I got good genes, I guess. But, <laughs> but 
you know, it's, it's just with that, it's like y'all are really blessed. But I don't want them to turn materialistic. Even I, I know they're not even at that age to even understand what that is or even the concept of it. Um, and just trying to teach them just the concept of, you know, be grateful. The, the, the concept of gratefulness and respect, you know, you know, the, the yes ma'ams, no ma'ams, yes sirs, no sirs, you know, all that type of stuff. And to understand that, you know, I don't, I don't have to get you present, so to speak. Peace y'all came back up in here just to chuck up the deuces, deuces. And he's going to bounce back out again. <laughs> so, peace y'all. I love that guy. I love that guy. Um, but moral of the story is, I it's, it's kind of hard because, you know, my kids have everything that they can possibly ever want for a two-year-old and a, and a six-year-old. Um, and you know, I have to be more creative now with gifts because I don't want to just be toy, toy, toy. That's not the thing. All right. Um, yeah, that's it. I, I talked a hell of a long time and really didn't say much of anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, so what's, what, what's going on in KT's world? I had a job interview today. Uh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you when you um, sent that text, I was I was knocked out. Like, yeah, I was knocked out. But okay, I talked enough. Go ahead. <laughs> um, yeah, we had a job interview. Uh huh. Hoping that I get the job. Well, definitely, you know, prayers and positive positive energy. And I, I just it's, it's something kind of branching out from what I'm normally used to. Mm-hmm. Which I desperately want to branch out from what I'm right. used to. I understand. Entirely. I understand. So, I understand. Um, it would be really nice if I could go ahead and uh, get and secure this that position. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a door into the HR world. Oh, um, okay. Okay. So, hopefully, I will be able to go ahead and get uh, yeah, secure that definitely. put in the door there and mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about HR and see if it's something I might want to get into okay just don't know right? I, I don't know I don't know where I'm going sir I, I don't understand. know I honestly don't and I was really honest. I was because you know you get that question: Where do you see yourself professionally in five years and ten years? I hate when they ask and that I'm question. Like, I hate. I said that's a really good question, and I really wish I could answer that, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hate that because question because I, 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 I just wonder. My niche. Yeah. What is the what is the point of asking me that question for you as an employer? Because if I tell the truth. It's like, well, in five years, I want to take over your job and kick you out on the street. Like, this is a hostile takeover. Bitch, what, what, like, <laughs> what, what, what is the right answer and the answer you're looking for? Like, are you looking for, you know, oh, this person is goal-driven or this person is ambitious? Because, you know, even still, I may have all the ambition in the world, but I don't know what's going to happen in five years. You know? Mm-hmm. 
I may have the vision board and everything that you can think of, my Venn diagram, my, my circle charts and everything of how I want my life to map out and something would throw a wrench and mess all of that up. So it's like, really? I don't know. I just, I just, I hated that question. Where do you see yourself professionally in five years or even, even in professional, I'm not professional, but personal or intimate spaces. Where do you see yourself in five years? Well, I'm, I'm going to school right now, so I, I hope to get this degree and get some sort of job with it, you know, but it's I, like, I, hopefully I I'm alive. Right. First of all, first of all, I want to be uh, alive. Yeah, hopefully I'm alive. <laughs> you know, like I didn't in 2010 or well, in 20, 2011, near the uh -huh. end of 2011, I did not expect to be moving to Atlanta. And right. when I did decide that I was moving to Atlanta, I did not expect to have, what was it? Eight years of hell. Uh, <laughs> right. I thought this was a new, that was a new beginning for me that I was going to be doing big things in ATL, right. Charlie. Uh-huh. And ATL whooped my <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It did. It did. It, ooh, ATL beat me down. Mm -hmm. But, and then, even so, I still never expected to be back in South Carolina. Right. I never thought I'd be back here. Yeah. Which but here I am and glad about it. <laughs> so, uh -huh. I mean, things happen, things change. And, you know, you find yourself making decisions you never thought you'd have to make. It's just it's yeah. life, man. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's, that's just life. So it's like, you know, I can tell you what my aspirations are. And I don't know if that's what they want to hear as far as interviewers go, employers go. Like, I, I just don't know what they're looking for when they ask that question. Because it's like, you know, if if I say, um, you know, where do you see yourself in five years? Like, well, in, in your position, I might have your job. Like, I don't think you're going to hire me, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. So, I, so it just, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I, that's always grinded my gears <laughs> so um but that's just it man but the, he, here's a, a bit of funny news <clears throat> um, what is that in your hand oh the, it's just what? some it's just some wires like oh. I, I got um a bunch of ring cameras now um mm -hmm. the, the last few bit uh, of equipment came in today um, mm -hmm. so I have, you know, a camera in the front yard, the, the doorbell with the camera. I got cameras on both sides of my house and a camera for the backyard. Uh, and then so I got, I come to your house, it's like, always feeling like somebody's watching me. Yep. Cause, cause more likely I am. Who the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Well, it's just because I feel like, and you know, I, I did think like, well, am I going overboard? Because I don't, I don't see any other homes with this many cameras. Like my neighbor, 
who also has a ring. He has a camera on his front, his doorbell camera, and then he has a camera going, you know, looking out towards his backyard. But I'm like, one thing that I've always noticed is in between our homes, uh, it's maybe 10 feet between our homes. So we got like five feet, five to seven feet of like space. Uh, I don't want to say 10. I, I, I want to say it's about 20, about 20 feet. Um, but at night, it's extremely dark in between houses. And at one point in time, when we had a gang of people going to people's cars, they, you know, broke into a bunch of people's cars, stole a bunch of stuff, and they used the side of our, of my house uh, to dump all the stuff they didn't want. So, you know, and I think I told this story before, but, you know, I go outside yeah. one day to do some yard work and I see this big pile of random stuff on the side of my house. So I thought about that. So, you know, cause I was like, well, I, I want to make sure. So I got some smart lights. Uh, so basically like motion sense. So if you step within range, lights are going to light up on the side. My cameras on the side is going to, it's going to light up and start recording your ass. And, you know, now I think that'll be the best way to do it without having like obnoxious equipment to where my neighbors feel like I'm I'm doing something creepy, you know? Um, and thankfully, with with the with the app and ring, I'm allowed to create, you know, privacy zones. So, you know, I can block out their homes to where my camera won't record anything, you know, in or around their home. So I, I did that, you know, to be considerate. But as far as the walking space in between, oh my camera's all on that shit. All on mm -hmm. that shit. So super long story short, these are just the wires to, to charge that equipment. So that's it. Um, uh, <laughs> so with that said, you know, of course I've been doing this YouTube thing. Um, haven't really gotten to streaming. Um, people say that I should be streaming. Um, my plan, especially for the podcast, is once it kind of builds up uh, a consistent audience, then when we do our podcast, then I will live stream them. Uh, and then we can have, you know, an audience interact and watch us and comment and stuff. And eventually we'll have live call-ins so people can call in and talk to us that way. So that's that's the next phase of what I want to happen, um, which I think sounds like a lot of fun. But um, there is this movement now to officially coin the term cracker as a racial slur comparable to the N-word. Uh, and there were some very famous streamers who were recently banned from Twitch. Uh, for those who know what Twitch is or don't know what Twitch is, it's like a popular streaming platform. Um, but a famous, a famous, a super one of like the top streamers in the world was banned because he said the word cracker. Um, and they said, you know, that is a an official and we will be recognized and enforced as a racial slur. And there's been like really a really uh, polarized conversation about it. Um, you know, for, for those who you would think would be in support because yeah, that's, that's racist. That is a racist term, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and for, for those of us with common sense, we're like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but see, the thing oh, about man. it is, 
that word uh-huh. wasn't necessarily used to like <laughs> oppress a whole race right. of people. Talk about it. Like nigger was. Yep. Okay. We were labeled niggers and we were treated a certain way. Uh-huh. And it's it's like it's totally different. Yep. It's totally different. It is not the same magnitude. Yep. At all. Exactly. I mean, we called you cracking because you white like cracking. I mean that uh, oh cancellation's coming here it goes here it comes all right (laughs) so yeah i mean it's just like Mm -hmm. oh lord please don't let my future employed place of employment I'm I'm, I'm a hold off. I'm 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 a postpone releasing this just for a little bit until you can get until you get up in there. Until you get up in there. Oh because I mean it it's just not as derogatory. (laughs) I just really don't. And it's not even used as often. You know what I mean? It is not even used as often. Um It's just not that serious to me. I'm sorry. It's not. Okay, I'm a sidekick for the reason for a reason. So I need, you know, the main person to come back. Cause in a way I'm kinda like Issa Ray or Issa on um Insecure. You know what? You I know am what? awkward. Okay, good. You're back because I was just rambling because I felt the need to talk in your absence, <laughs> and I was like, I'm kind of like awkward black girl, so there's no good to this by myself. Here's, here's the thing, you know, I just, I just can't with Riverside right now. I, I, I just can't, I can't deal with Riverside right now. Riverside is pissing me off. Um. Well, it, I really can't say this was Riverside. This this was my computer. Like, my whole computer just crashed, so this is my laptop. Thankfully, I have my laptop. Uh, the whole thing just stopped. And I don't even know what I was talking about because for the last, like, m- like 45, 50 seconds, I was just, you know, n- nothing but curse words. Uh, <laughs> so just nothing but curse words. And I'm just like... Ah, come on, man. If it isn't one thing, it's another. But, you know, we'll see. So, oh, yeah. So, we're, we're talking about the the C word. Um, You know what? Hmm. Okay, here's, here, here's, here's another cancel moment. White people want to be oppressed so bad. Don't take a sip. I'm sorry. White people want to be oppressed so bad so bad every time you turn around oh my freedoms is being infringed you're taking my freedoms away oh my rights it's it's, it honestly irks me it really irks me because these are the same people 
who look at black people and be like, get your shit together. Stop being a victim. If you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and work hard, then you'll get what you want. You can overcome any obstacle. Don't be a victim. Be a victor. Persevere over your problems. Racism isn't that bad. Racism doesn't exist. There's no such thing as white privilege. I grew up in a trailer home. I don't see my white privilege. Oh, where can I cash in on my white privilege card? How much money do I get? I don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all should just do what we do and just work hard and stop complaining all the time. It's the same ones that turn right around and be like, yeah, we should ban the word cracker because cracker is a racial term and it's racist. And, you know, we, you know, it's like that type of thing. It, it just, like, show me your hypocrisy without showing me your hypocrisy. And it, it it's funny, but then it hurts me. Just like the whole critical race theory. Yep. Um, it's like nobody's trying to make you feel bad for being white, okay? Right. It's not that we're trying to make you feel bad for being white. That is not the objective. We're here. just telling the truth of what happened during history. That's the whole thing where they start complaining again. Right. Oh my God. Where you stop? We're trying to tell the truth instead of whitewashing everything, uh-huh. uh, like y'all did. Yep. Uh, well, your ancestors. Maybe you didn't do it. I understand you didn't do it, but your ancestors yep. did. They damn sure did. And you benefit from. Yep. And whether you believe you are or not, you are benefiting. From. Absolutely. So that is the only thing that we're saying. We're not trying to make you feel bad for being white. You didn't choose that. You didn't choose it. Like, I didn't choose all this beautiful melanin I got. Okay? But, but, we are who we are. Mm -hmm. We were born like how we were born like. We were born this way. So, all we're just trying to do is get people to tell the dang old truth. And maybe some changes to some of these crazy systems we got in place that are set to keep a certain uh, group of us mm-hmm. from going as far as a collective. Mm-hmm. As a collective. Yep. Because some of us, you know, we go way further than we're expected to or we're meant mm-hmm. to. I understand that. Yeah, there are some of us who do a lot. We have mastered making something out of nothing. Yep. Master as a race, we have done that, we have mastered that. So, yes, a lot of us have become successful, and there have been changes made along the way, but there's more work to be done, and that's all we're saying. A lot more work, exactly. So, my thing was, you know, and as far as critical race theory, I know there's something that we haven't really got into, and maybe we will, but just for me, it's like, you know, I understand it. But then at the same time, I I am interested as far as how exactly it's being taught. Now, if it's just, okay, this is Mm -hmm. the actual history of how America was formed, then it's like, yeah, why not? Because, you know, this isn't creating white guilt and making your white child feel bad and and y'all getting all up in arms. Um, 
you know, this isn't to say that because you are white that you're automatically racist. So I, I don't know the full particulars because it haven't it didn't interest me to the point where uh, I really would dive into it. Uh, but just on the surface of what it is, it's like, well, one, we do need to tell the truth of history of this nation, how this nation was built and the social construct that was used. Like I quote it all the time. Abraham Lincoln, the, the very people that these same white folk who are against critical race theory for, you know, that little thing, you're trying to create white guilt and make white people feel bad and this anti-white agenda, la, 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 la. Um, but they're the same ones to be like, well, you shouldn't worry about slavery. You shouldn't worry about all of this. It, that was the Democrats. The It was a Republican that freed the slaves. Yeah, and we don't know that if you look back the <laughs> party that was called Democrats back uh -huh. then, there was some changes there was made. Some changes made. There were some changes made, mm -hmm. honey. And people crossed the fence and went into the other mm -hmm. side, and th there was just a lot of that that happened. And just uh, throwing even more tidbits in there. There was a particular uh, point in history where black people were actually Republican and conservative, <clears throat> but we were pushed to be Democrats, and I wonder why. There's there's a whole movement called the Lily White movement. Let's just say back in the day, this was White Lives Matter. This was the White Lives Matter movement to where y'all kicked and pushed all the black people out of the Republican Party because y'all was mad because black people was getting office, black people was getting shit done. Y'all mm -hmm. felt that they was going to get a come up at your expense. And so y'all created a whole movement, started in Texas, then spread across the, the then nation like wildfire to push black people out of the Republican Party. There, it's called the Lily White Movement. Y'all did that. So don't come to me talking about some... Hey, well, it was a Republican that freed the slaves. It was also Republicans that pushed us out the party that made us Democrats to begin with that, you know, we wouldn't be Democrats if it wasn't for y'all. But that's another story. But Abraham Lincoln himself was like, you know, hey, um, you know, yeah, I don't believe in slavery, but I believe this country is set up on a, and this is just me paraphrasing, but, and I've, I've read this before, but in paraphrasing, he's basically saying that this country with the, the white man and the Negro, there needs to be a, a hierarchy of the superior race and the inferior race. And I believe that the white man should be the, the superior race to the Negro. That's mm -hmm. what he literally said. Quote, it's, it's in quotes he said that. So it's like... Right, and these people who uh, freed us owned us too. Uh-huh. Yep. And then, you know, once owning us, they did everything they can to make sure that we didn't, uh, we didn't excel. We didn't, you know, succeed because they even, even they understood that we're letting go property that made up an overwhelming majority, if not close to all of the workforce in the South. We're going to let them be free to start tilling their own lands and growing their own crops and building their own farms and stuff like that. Do you know that's literally going to put us out of business? Oh no, we can't do that. So the whole, that's, that's the initial reason of why they did not pay reparations to the slaves 
but rather paying reparations to the slave owner, which is the most the most backward shit I have ever heard. They paid reparations to slave owners. And I, it's just, and this is the lens that we grow up on as far as black people, as far as this country, that white people, and even then, historically, cracker was used for the the slave, uh, not necessarily the slave masters, but the ones who was cracking whips on the black people. Mm-hmm. So Hello. That, that's where the term cracker comes from. Of course, we, you know, black people, we will remix, remake, make something out of nothing. Give us a, you know, dead mm-hmm. parts of the pig. We'll make chitlins. We, we make chitlins out of anything. And, you know, hey, there's some crackers there. But that word wasn't a front or the representative term for a whole group and race of people that you actively, legally, socially oppressed and kept down. So what are you talking about? Stop the cap. Stop playing. (laughs) It's just like, stop playing. But but hey, but if if y'all mad that, you know, this mad, but it's it's that whole... And then, you know, I'm sorry, but when we look at our history, mm-hmm. we see that every time Black people are getting too successful or starting to do too much, mm-hmm. there is always something that comes along, instituted by a certain group of people. Talk about it. Talk about it. To try and stop us in our tracks. Mm -hmm. And try to push us back. Yep. That's how we get things like Tulsa. Yep. (laughs) Because we were doing things for ourselves. We weren't dependent upon white people for anything. We were, we had our trades. We had our own mechanics. We had our own electricians well i don't know back in the day i don't i don't know how far back but we we, we looked to ourselves we did for ourselves but we had our own trades we mm-hmm. could fix our we had our own seamstresses and our own uh absolutely uh, lord our own people to do everything that we needed within our community yep. we had everything we needed in our community yep. and we were successful we were standing, minding our own John Brown business. Yep. Minding our own John Brown business. And here come the white folk get mad because we're doing too well. And here we go. You, I mean, getting planes to bomb the dang gun place. Bomb and place. just yep. y'all hopping in your trucks with your rifles <laughs> and, your, and your flags yep. and coming in rounding out niggers and killing them and stuff like why why but we need to pull ourselves up by bootstraps when we do that it's a problem too so this is why i'm like okay come on (laughs) y'all i'm i'm come on switch out and it's not um and when i say y'all i'm talking to those who it applies to I'm not talking about the whole entire race. I'm not trying to make everybody feel guilty for being white. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying. 
but it is what it is. It's it's simple. If it if it doesn't apply, let it fly. That's it. Exactly. That's it. If it ain't you, what you worry about? If it about ain't it? you, what you worry about it? If it doesn't offend you, keep scrolling. That's it. But for those who pop up and want to do all this talking and blah 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 blah, then it's like okay, well, I hit dog hollers. That's what we say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. A hit dog hollers, and all I hear is y'all squealing out there. But that's fact. Y'all find any reason, any particular reason, to knock us right back down in that hole, and then talk about us being down in a hole. It's like it's absolutely crazy. But we we develop like it's, our fault. it's all our fault that we were in the right. hole in the first yeah. place. Yeah, as if it's our fault we're in there in, in the first place. Uh, but then. Those of us in the hole, we done did mental gymnastics on ourselves to where we feel like we have to depend on those who knocked us in the hole to get us out the hole. And I'm like, well, that's kind of productive too. So, you know, going back to, to the critical race theory, it's like I absolutely want my daughter to know the the full, truthful history of the country she lives in. I want her to learn the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, to understand who she is, where she's from, and how we got here. And, but the thing is, they want to paint a particular portrait that isn't true. You want to paint the whole positive thing um, because it's it's very simple to be like, oh, we rebelled against the British or they were oppressing us and you know we're doing this, doing that, and we wanted our freedom, so we stood up and fought back. But when there's a group of people that's fighting against you for doing the exact same thing that you once fought against as a nation, then it's because you want to be painted in this glorious in this glorious light. You and you for generations y'all just swept things under the rug. But that's only because you need a working under slave class. And it might as well be these black folk because with the inception of this country, one of the greatest leaders y'all ever will recognize in Abraham Lincoln said, Oh, there needs to be a hierarchy of superiority in the superior race. And I want it to be the white man. So, and like, is that victimhood? Is that playing the victim? Or is that reading the pages of history that y'all want to overlook and and want to act like the things of the past does not shape what happens in the future? You know, and and that's to those things like, well, uh, my family never owned slaves. What do I got to do with that? I never owned any slaves. I never did anything to you. We're not talking about you specifically, stupid. I don't. I don't have to point out individual racists to identify a racist system. I don't have to point out. Oh, Chuck and Chris and Danny and insert you know any other white names you want to think of. Hallie, Sally, and Sue. I don't have to point people out individually and specifically to be like racist, racist, racist. No. There is an ideology, a cultural acceptance that you participate in, whether you know it or not, whether you willingly accept it or not, that gives you simply the benefit of the doubt. That's not saying that you get a get out. That's not saying that you skate through life merry and free and and you face no challenges in life. That's not to say that you may not have had hard times. But the difference is, especially with white privilege, is literally the benefit of the doubt. You get the benefit of the doubt to prove yourself. You get the benefit of the doubt to make something of yourself. Clean slate, 
start from from scratch. Everyone starts at a, at a starting line, but you may not start even when you're wrong. Yes, even when you're wrong, even when yes. you do stuff wrong. Yes, you get the chance to turn over a leaf. Yes. You get the chance to have a you get a second chance. You have second chances. Yep, plural. Yep. Whereas we have always put pressure on ourselves to do it right the first time because we're not going to get another chance. We don't get another chance. We put so much pressure on ourselves. That's why, like, I think in within the Black community, failure is not an option, is always something that's ingrained in us. Uh-huh. Failure is not an option. And so we're afraid to fail because we're carrying the weight of our entire race on our shoulders. <laughs> Generation of people who fought for us to be where we are. And so we're afraid to fail. And sometimes we don't even go after things that we should uh-huh. because we're scared to fail. I agree. We don't want failure. That's fact. And I'm speaking that from experience because that is me. Yep. Okay. And me. That is. Yep. I don't want to fail. And I have failed many times. Mm-hmm. And I've learned to accept that, hey, failure is a part of life. Here, here is a thing. And it's a part of the learning process. But on our side, we don't really get the chances to just fail over and over and over again. Uh-huh. Because if we do that, then it's just messed up for us. It's just messed up for us because we just don't have the time or the resources to be able to kind of stumble our way to success. And we know the road to success requires a lot of failing, a lot of stumbling, a lot of pitfalls. We don't have that many, that much time or the resources to make those types of mistakes. And especially those where we know that things will take time. And here's here's a thought that I that I've always had and I see if we talk about how things are shifting now. There's a shift in a more positive, a more productive, you know, business owners, black millionaires, black rich people, you know, a, a couple like your Oprah's wealthy people uh, and people that are doing things to set up generational things for for the black community. We're starting to see that shift now. And then I sit back and I wonder and I think, well, why is it happening now? Like, why now? In this generation? What, and, and what generation is this? Is this Z generate or the, the, the millennials, I would say? Um, so like, why is it happening now? But it's like, but considering the things that our parents, our grandparents, great grandparents, but understand it's not that long ago. <laughs> like we can probably, we can go back to literally like great grandparents or maybe to be, you know, uh, to make sure we got it. Great, great grandparents. Like, and that's what, four generations, four or five generations. And even then that's not a long time. That's not a, that's not mm-hmm. a long time. But understand the conditions they had. They don't have nearly the opportunities they have that we have now. But they've done these things that our forefathers and ancestors experienced to literally set us generations behind. 
And this is just the manifestation of what their original, what the plan is. Keep them down to keep them generations behind the counterparts. And it's so hard for us to generate that kind of wealth Mm -hmm. for our family. Yep. Generational wealth. Yep. It is so much harder for us to get generational wealth. Because we don't have it. Everything was taken from us from the beginning. We didn't have nothing. It was taken from us. And even then... And every time we put a little bit of something, they took it again. Yes. (laughs) Every time. Every time. Um, and like, and even then, like, it's not playing victim. It is a fact. Is a fact. This actually happened. Your base, your cushion, is completely different from ours because we don't have a cushion. Literally, when we start out, we are starting from ground zero. When y'all started, y'all start from the accumulation of of wealth of whatever assets you have from grandparents. Y'all starting places from what your grandparents built. We start, every last one of us start from zero. That's not playing the victim. That just is what it is. <laughs> that, just, that just is what it is. And we know the difference. We notice it. And, uh, and I just feel like, well, this is the manifestation of, well, they set us generations behind. And just like now, now in, in the, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say the 2010s to where it really started to become where all right, we, we're really opening businesses and going into business for ourselves and, and we're starting to step into these big circles that we've never been in before. And mm-hmm. and I, it was designed to be that way. But I think, well, if it was up to those who had created it, we would still be, you know, fighting to, to even get to these, to even sniff these type of positions. Like th- there was a um, a particular instance speaking to generations of, of a cop in North Carolina, nonetheless. Um, I love my state, but God help our state at the same time. There was a particular officer, this was maybe last year, maybe a couple years ago, where he was caught on body cam, um, actually, I think it was last year, because this was around all of the, the, the Black Lives Matter protests and riots, you know, all that stuff going on where a, a North Carolina uh, police officer was called on his body cam saying, well, you know, if it was up to him, he would just go and just shoot everybody and mow everybody down. Um, and how he would just kill them all, kill all the black people. And then he boasted to another officer. who was like, well, that doing that will set them back even more, uh, set them back generations further than what they already are. See if I can find that, that particular article. I want to get it. But it was a particular thing in his thinking that that honestly it scared me a little bit because it's like for this police officer to speak in such a manner that all I got to do is kill you off and just doing that I know that it will affect you and affect you generationally to where it will be 50, 70, 100 years down the road before you can recover from what I've done to you. And so just imagine that on a broader scale to where it was a right to do this for people. Right. And that's what we have with the prison system. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because, you know, oh, unfortunately, this is the truth. What? A white kid gets caught with some weed. Okay. Yep. 
he'll probably get probation. Oh, it's his first offense, so he's they'll send him to a program or something like that. He'll get a slap on the wrist. Yep. It's a black man. Or even a black kid. Yep. They're gonna end up in the prison system. Yep. They're gonna go to jail for a few months. Maybe even a few years. Yep. They're not going to get a slap on the wrist. They're going to be locked up. And then when they get out, they're going to have a hard time finding a job. Nobody's going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Nope. Like they may give a white ex-con. All right. I mean, just a kid, you know, when he did all that. You know, kids make mistakes. Yep. Oh, yep. That's what you're saying. But this melanin here, when they see that melanin, they're not going to give that the benefit of the doubt. You automatically give. They're not going to give that the benefit of the doubt. They're going to automatically assume, oh, yeah. See, he was hang. He was probably a gang member, and he, you know, part of a gang selling weed, and he probably was breaking into people's houses, and but didn't get caught. There's this whole other narrative that is associated with this melanin. Yeah, because look, whether because you make a mistake or not. Look at what they tried to do with Trayvon Martin. Look at what they did with Ahmaud Arbery, the most recent one. Ahmaud Arbery. Yes. Look, look, yes. Look, look at how they tried to paint him before the truth came out. And literally, the crazy thing about that it. it is, yes. Like, really? Yes. Yes. I was so. Yes. She said, oh, we're running with, with no shoe, with, uh, with no socks and long, dirty toenails. What are you talking about? But that's what she said, because that's how they play the game. Because even then, understand, without the social uh, media pressure and stuff that, and the the outbreak and outcry that was going on, they would still be at home living their best lives right now because the district attorney that was originally there tried to bury Yep. And that is our America. That is our experience. Right. But we're playing victims. All right. We're playing victims. I'm going to read this article here because I just found it. And actually it was last year, June last year. So it says, sitting in his patrol car in Wilmington, North Carolina, Officer Michael Kevin Penner predicted Black Lives Matter protests will soon lead to civil war. And that's another thing. The only people that talk about civil war and war is white, white, is white people on the right, white Republicans, white conservatives. They're the only ones who are always talking about civil war. We're going to war. We're going to war because y'all love violence just that much, just that much. That's why they thought that what happened on January 6th when they stormed the, the, the Capitol, that all that was a noble thing. It was the right thing. But anyway. Officer Pinner told another officer, adding that he planned to buy an assault rifle. We're just going to go out and start slaughtering them fucking niggers, he said. The shocking threat came amid extended openly racist conversations between Pinner, who's 44, and two other police officers, a 50-year-old Jesse Moore II and 48-year-old uh, James Gilmore. In the discussions taped by accident on a patrol car camera released Wednesday by the department, the, the men freely dropped racial slurs suggesting black residents uh, ki suggest killing black residents and deride protesters. 
wiped him off the fucking map, the uh, one officer said. That'll put him back about four or five generations. <laughs> it's like, but this is coming from law enforcement, and you wonder why we do not care nor trust law enforcement. And you wonder why we hate police, because you have people like this on your uh, on your law enforcement thing that come and patrol our neighborhoods, that harasses us and, and does all type of fucked up things to us. But okay, you can back the blue if you want to. Let's not forget what they were established for. Right. But we can't talk about their history, can we? <laughs> we can't talk about their history or what they were. The whole reason police exist. Mm-hmm. Because what they were originally set up to be was to round up black folk. The paddy wagon. And there's other names associated, but that's how this force started. And then it evolved to the law enforcement y'all have today, but that's another story. <laughs> story y'all made. Built upon. It's like it was built upon. It was built upon. Yep. A racist system. So why am I supposed to just trust that? They're here to protect and serve me. Yep. When the original purpose for them was, <laughs> come on, man. I mean, just think about yeah. it. Think about it. Yep. But, you know, you're also dealing with people who don't like to think. So, and this is coming from someone who, yeah, and this is coming from someone, especially me. I'm I'm not the one that subscribes to, you know, oh, woe is me. Everything around me is, is racist. The white man, the white man, the white man. Like, no, but I'm also not naive to act like I don't know history and the social construct of the way one group of people are perceived and the way another group of people are perceived. So it was like, uh, when we was, I was talking with Pete Charlotte yesterday, and it was like, when it comes to teaching my daughter about race, normally, before we even have that talk, our children experience some sort of negative uh, experience when it comes to race. You know, some some dumb kids call call them the N word or something like that, or we don't like you because you're black. Like that's normally their the first experience. So I'm like, well, I, I'm I'm not going to teach her about race from a victim standpoint as far as well because you're black this is going to happen to you what well, because you're black this is going to happen to you like th- this is how I, I i'm going to approach it uh and I, I really thought about this it was like i'm going to one make sure that my children understand what they are make sure they understand where they come from and we're going to celebrate it we're going to celebrate your blackness we're going to celebrate your skin color because that's what makes you you don't let anyone deride, minimalize, or act like your color doesn't matter because it makes up who you are. It's part of what makes up who you are. So we're going to celebrate it. You're a beautiful black girl. Your hair is not like everybody else's. Your features, your nose, your mouth is not like everybody else's. And that makes you special because this is where you come from. These, This is the culture where you come from. You see these people? This is the These are the people that came before us, that type of thing. So by the time you come across someone who calls you an N-word or, or try to have some negative connotation, I've built up so much positivity about who and what you are that that stuff is not going, it's not going to phase you. 
to the point to where I will teach my child to where not even so much to be naive. Now, this is at the same time not to be naive. But like, understand, because of what you are, everyone in this life has challenges. Everyone in this life has hurdles and obstacles they must face in their life. But when it comes to my daughter or black people in general, like, understand, because of what you are as a black person, your challenges is going to be, it's going to be specific to you based on the color of your skin. You want to face obstacles the same way that white person is going to face obstacles, the same way that Hispanic person is going to face obstacles, same way that Asian person is going to face obstacles. But you as a black person, your obstacles are going to be a little bit different. Your, your, your hurdles is going to be a little bit different. And so it was my goal to teach you and to uplift and, and positively reinforce you of who you are. So when these obstacles come, you will have enough within yourself and the self-esteem to where, you know, not to say that you won't be affected per se, but we can easily overcome it. And it's like the last thing I want is for my children, first introduction into the concept of race being negative from some outside idiots that I may end up having to shoot in the face. Go to jail. So, you know, that's all. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm saying. Um, but... I thought of I, I thought about that. It's just like how do I want because and I, I do feel like it's a fine line because on one side you have people that act like it doesn't exist and we are where we are because we're lazy, we're stupid, and you know, we, we have no motivation, no drive, and blah 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 blah. But then we do have the other side that tells us that everything around us is is white supremacy and you know, we are just going to be held down. There's nothing we can do to fight and overcome it. We're just doomed and doomed and doomed and gloomed because we're black. And it's like, and I don't want to subscribe to that either. Uh, right. And so it's like, you know, understand, like one side takes away or says that everything is based on personal responsibility and accountability. No, there is no racism. There's no white supremacy. You just got to pull yourself up by those bootstraps, take responsibility for your own actions. You'll be okay. I'm like, that's half right. The other side, well, white supremacy, racism, white supremacy, racism. Because you're black, you are poor. Because you're black, you are where you are. And the white man, the white man, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be anything because you're white. You held down. It's like, well, that's half right too. So I'm like, well, let's just use some common sense to understand that there are some outside forces that are, that are not that we do not control and there are instances and things in society that will come against you because of what your skin color is, but you still are responsible for yourself. You are still are responsible for your actions. And in spite of what comes against you, you have to overcome it. And even though you may have 50 extra hurdles to jump over because of what you are, damn it, we're going to do what we need to do to make sure that we jump those hurdles because it's uh, um, at the end of the day, it's not about them. It's about us. Um, and not looking towards the very people who put us in this hole to save us from the hole. But okay, I'm done ranting. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done with my rant. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Um, and I guess, okay, this is kind of deep. So I'm, I'm going to end it on some rigidity. Um, <laughs> I'm going to end it on some rigidity. And tell me what you think. All right. So I was, you know, doing my little social media scroll and uh, we know with, with Nene Leakes, right? 
just mm-hmm. lost her husband um, and, you know, lost from his battle with cancer, this, that, and the third. It hasn't been three months yet, but she's already out and about with a new boo. And I feel some type of way about that. And I'm sure I've expressed why I feel some type of way about that, but um, she's out and about with a new boo, not even three months after her husband passed away. Um, Posting pictures, everything's nice, everything is hunky-dory, is that the third, all up on his arms, smiles, big teeth, and da-da-da-da-da. And um, it kind of irked me. It did. It did. Because I think if anything were to happen to me, then I don't even get three months. Because here's my thing. Okay, here's why I'm taking it so personally. Here's why I take take that so personally. It's like, man, when is the man ever, you know, and I'm not saying every man, because, you know, men, you have ain't shit people, regardless of of your gender. If I can even say gender. But uh, I just like, man, if you've been to get like, Where's the honor? Like, where's the respect? This was your spouse. Is there not, like, okay, let me ask. Do you think there's a particular time period where you feel like a, a spouse who lost, you know, their significant other, like, should mourn? Is that like, like, what, what's, what's an adequate period that you should mourn or not get back in the streets after your spouse passes away? Is there a time frame on that? Well, I, like I said before, I've had several encounters with Greg and he was such a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And I've had a few encounters with Mimi too. And she wasn't as nice (laughs) as he was. Yeah. And, you know, I used to wonder about that. I'd be like, okay, why does it seem like like some some really nice guys always end up with these yeah. mean females? Uh-huh. But uh, whatever, you know, their marriage was their marriage. I wasn't in it. So I don't know how it was for them. Um, they they were together for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, I don't see where three months you can just three months. forget about how many years. How many years were they married? Like 20-something? At least, at least 20, if I'm not mistaken. Um. I don't see how you could be with somebody for that long and then three months when you lose them, three months later you're with somebody else unless you're just trying to fill a void. And that could very well be what it is. Yeah. That she doesn't really know how to what to do with herself now that he's gone and she's got somebody just to, to pass the time so she doesn't have to think about it too hard. Uh-huh. But so that could be what it is. Um and I have a, a feeling that that's 
the majority of what it is. It's just trying to fill a void at this point. Um, As far as mourning, everybody does have their own ways of mourning. Some people don't deal with it very well. Um, Some people are destructive toward themselves when they mourn. Sometimes they uh, lash out toward other people. Um, You know, everybody has their own ways that they deal with grief. Grief is not a simple thing. It's not something that um, all of us handle in the same way. So I can't sit here and say what her grieving process is. But something tells me, because I think that, you know, I just from the outside looking in, it does, I know that that, I think that that his death really, really affected her. And I really think that, you know, she is just, I, I don't think that there, that, that guy really means a whole lot to her. I think he's a filler yeah. right now. I really think that that's what it is. I'm not saying I agree with, you know, how, you know, handling it that way. Because what if he does really have feelings and, you know, it's not fair to him. But, you know, I, I can't really say for yeah, sure. But- the 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 rational side of me is like yeah i know everyone has their own way of grieving and mourning but then it's like i just feel like there should be at least some sort of like minimum amount of time especially like this this is a person that like or is it like all right well until death do us part and now that you're dead then i peace nigga like that's that's what i feel like (laughs) Like I, right, you say the death do his part, but you dead now, please, nigga, back in these streets. Ah, like that—that's what I feel like. That's what I feel like, and and that started, and that started from that church incident there. So you know that. Yeah, I know, I know, um, I know how you felt about that. Yeah. Um, I was a little taken aback myself. Yeah. Even though she's she's a great friend right, of mine, right. I like, yeah. love her. She's this, my this isn't. I'll just say for the record, this isn't no way, like, and just 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 to clear the air, this is no way of trying to disparage her character, her integrity, who she is as a person. So she's an amazing person. It was just in that particular moment, you know, considering the situation, was in your field. I was just like, what? <laughs> and and I yeah. took that. Like I, I didn't take that and think anything about her. I took just what happened. I thought about, well, well, damn, well, what's going to happen? Like, is this how they think? Like, is this how women think or whatever? You know, it's like, no. you know, what type of legacy? It's, you know, so that's it. No. So it's, the thing is, for myself, I feel like I would need to take time to make sure that I grieve mm-hmm. fully. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Because if you spend that much of your life with a person, with a partner, yep. that's not a little thing. Right. You know, you go through all kinds of stuff with this person, 
This is the person you're used to. When anything happens, they're the first person you call. You know, they are your support system. They're your, you know, this it's they're your friend, your best friend in many cases. Yep. You know, and it's like you can't just let all that go in a matter of a month or yeah. two. Not if it you know what I mean? So I think that I would personally have to really take some time and make sure that I grieve in a healthy way. Uh-huh. And, you know, I probably have to get some therapy, get a little help with yeah. it because, you know, grief can really come up in some crazy ways and ways that you don't expect. And you could think you're good one moment and then one little thing can happen to trigger you and then you're a mess again. Right, exactly. Like, so, like, you know. I, I just don't know because, you know, just me and my silly brain, I, I, I think about that stuff, especially, you know, um, how old am I turning tomorrow? 38? I think I'm turning 38, 37. See, I just lose track. I'm I'm 40, right? I'm pushing 40. I'm right at 40. And, you know, so... Nah, so don't even do that. Because so, I'm about to be 40 in April. Uh, so you ain't there okay. yet. Well, so I'm, I'm going to say 38. You know, I think 38. Thank you. I, I just need to do some math. And, I, you know, my brain is not on, on math mode right now. But, you know, I don't think about mortality. What year were you born again? 83. 83? If you were born. Yep. So for you mathematicians out there, there you go. Now now you know how old I am. December 17th, 80s baby. Hmm. 80s baby. Yep. 38. 38. So... I was born in 82. Yeah? Oh, shit. Am I turning 39? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, no. Lord, no, no, no. Jesus, Lord, have mercy. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man, my math is horrible right now. So y'all listening, just, just ch- charge it to my head, not my heart. No, you you turned 38. You turned All right, 38. cool. Tommy 38. <laughs> oh, Lord, no. <laughs> because of how late in the year you yeah, were born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think about, you know, uh, mortality and stuff, and I'm like, all right, you know, I want to leave a legacy and, you know, this type of things, and you want to leave my mark on the world and da 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 and this, that, you know, so, but when I'm thinking with my spouse, and this ain't even trying to be, you know, some, some mushy husband point stuff, it's like, I don't know what I would do if, you know, if, if she were to 
and not even trying to speak anything, if something were to happen to her, I don't know what I would do. And it's I have to move back to North Carolina and make sure you, you, you are. You would. You would. <laughs> you would. I don't know what I would do. And and so it just trips me out to when it's like, you know, I'm thinking and feeling the way that I'm feeling. Like, I can't see myself without this woman. And then if something were to happen, well, I know I'm going to be a mess because I'm going to be lost, you know, that type of thing. But, you know, but of course, I still have to be strong for my kids and this, that, and the third. I, I get that. But just emotionally, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so it just trips me out when I see someone lose their spouse and then three months later, they back on someone else's arm and have someone else on their arm. It just, it just, it trips me out. Like it really takes my mind on like, like what am I seeing right now? And it's just, it's just crazy. So last, last little thing, because I, I want to get your opinion on this. Since you are a professional singer, there's a, there, uh-huh. there's a debate that's been a lot. Was you, you Negro. So there's, 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 there's been a debate that someone started that said that Adele is a better singer than Beyonce. What are your thoughts? True or false? Um, they're so different. I don't even really know how you can compare them. Uh-huh. Adele does is what Adele does. Mm-hmm. And what Beyonce does is totally in a lane by herself. So I don't I don't understand how you can compare because now if they did the same thing Mm -hmm. and you were comparing them, then yeah. Okay. I can understand the comparison, but they do something totally different. Yep. And I just don't, I don't see how there is a comparison at all. They're just totally different. I agree. I agree. Now, as a person, you can prefer somebody's voice over somebody else's voice. I mean, that's your opinion. That's your preference. Mm -hmm. But to say that one is better than the other and they do two totally different things, I don't know that you can really do that. Here is my take. And I've read a lot, and there's you know a couple of you know celebrities and big figures weighed in on it. Um, one, I agree with you, to where it's like where you you're you're kind of comparing apples to oranges here, because the mm. type of singer that they are, they're not the same singer. However, I do feel like I would give an edge to Beyonce because I feel like. Beyonce can do what Adele can do. She's had multiple songs that does kind of get into the Adele lane, the 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 ballads, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't seen Adele do what Beyonce does. So, but but Adele stays in her lane. She's an amazingly mm-hmm. talented singer, uh, mm-hmm. and her voice. It's, it's such a powerful voice. And I see yeah. the similarities there because Beyonce equally has a powerful voice. When when she goes, she goes. 
Same with the debt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you don't need any type of enhancement or anything. When when she starts to sing, she sings. Same with the devil. It's like I see the similarities there. They're both really powerful singers. Um, but just from what I have heard from them, I've I've heard Beyonce do kind of get into that Adele lane. I haven't seen Adele get into Beyonce's lane. So until I see that. She's not going to be gyrating on stage. You know, yeah. if you get a little spray out of her. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That's, that's who Adele is. That is Adele's art. That is her gift. Yep. Okay? I agree. Beyonce, she can be the stand flat-footed and belt out a song mm-hmm. type of person. Uh, now, I was a Beyonce hater for a long time, so this is a big step uh-huh. for Beyonce. <laughs> on me over the years but I when let me tell you it took me a while to get uh-huh. it <laughs> so Beyonce because I you know I hated that yodeling thing she used to do with Destiny's Child yeah. you know um, and I always felt like she always trying to steal the spotlight from everybody else <laughs> blah 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 and, you know uh-huh. I used to hate on yeah. her um, I think when I was, well, this is the thing. I was in denial about being a Beyonce fan uh-huh. for a while. I didn't realize that I was a Beyonce fan. I thought I was still a hater, but I wasn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it took me a while to realize. I got you. Because that when I went back, I was like, well, I didn't like Beyonce until I saw the Run the World video. But her first album, I knew every dang on song. <laughs> <laughs> When I think back, I was like, what the heck was I thinking? Like, I played out this CD. What are you talking about? You were a Beyonce fan back then. You were a fan, yes. You know, know, I was talking about, yeah, you know, Ring On It made me start looking at her a little bit more. You know, when I saw the Run the World video, you know, that dance in the beginning was dope, and I was like, all right, all right. All right, I'm I'm here now, I'm here now, okay. And, you know, Naughty Girl and <sighs> Speechless, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was I was all all in it from then, so I don't know. I I was in denial, but I say all that to say that Beyonce is more of the full package. Yes. Because I ever at first I was like, you know, she, you know, she can sing, but she's so stylized, you know. But then she started showing more of her range and and stuff, and I was like, oh, oh okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, she she can sing, she can sing. Um, so she she's a full-on entertainer. Mm -hmm. Like, you cannot take that away from Beyonce. Beyonce is a stellar 
entertainer. She can put on a job round. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I just be sitting there like, because I, you know, sometimes I still want to go back into my hatership. Uh-huh. But <laughs> then I, I see her perform, and I'm like, you can't, yeah, you can't. I mean, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> shows how amazing you are. It's like, I want to hate on you, but you're just so amazing. I, I gotta give it up. I, I gotta give it up. <laughs> because one thing about me is, I am, <clears throat> I'm gonna respect an artist, right, a true artist, right? Exactly. And she, she definitely is. She's an artist, mm-hmm. man. She is. She. Yes. And I even, like, tried to say that, you know, Beychella or Beechella, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, mm-hmm. like, the the whole show she put on and everything, I was just like, you know, that little documentary that they put on yeah. Netflix and junk, I was like, mm, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> Did you watch it? I watched it. I watched it. <laughs> I did. It was trying to. I was getting to the money, uh, you know. <laughs> 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 I was, you know, oh. you know, things. I mean, I was trying to. I was, yeah, man, just dope. Can't, can't take it from me. She's yeah, dope. It is what it is. It is what it is. So. But that is what's up, man. I, I, I just thought that was a really interesting because one thing that did kind of irk me, though, was like, okay, I'm seeing all these opinions from people who probably still live at home with their parents. Or, you know, like, you you, you, you weren't outside. Yeah, it's like, you weren't outside and to understand the magnitude of when Beyonce went solo from Destiny's Child and when Crazy in Love dropped. Y'all weren't outside for that. Y'all weren't even alive for that. So it was like, you know, it like the these big moments that she sat there and showed y'all, oh, I can sing, sing. Um, so I I, I just think it's that love on top. Yeah. With all the modulations. Yeah. Y'all weren't outside for love on top. Like y'all like <laughs> y'all went outside for, for these things where Beyonce showed y'all, like, this is why they call her the queen. So that's why they call it. Not even that. Homegirls saying love on top. Pregnant. 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 Performing. Pregnant. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. Every that ain't not even every Do you know how a baby pushes your insides? Uh-huh. Rearranges your insides? And you, okay. and you still hit that song to where you went up four different octaves? Yep. And then she performed uh, Love Drought on whatever uh, it was, the BET yep, Award. Award. Yep, and that girl dress she had, to, and she just looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And she was really pregnant yep. with the twins yep. at that time. Uh-huh. And she sang all them dang on notes. Are you kidding me? Yep. That ain't no small thing. put some respect it's on her name. But I, I get it. Put some respect on her it's, name. It's the same reason why people will take LeBron James over Michael Jordan because they're 12 and, you know, 16-year-olds and y'all went outside to experience Michael Jordan. So I get it. Y'all got YouTube videos. So I get it. I get it. But 
But that's it, man. Look. That last, uh, what is it? The last dance. The last yep. dance. I watched. Such a good. Yeah, movie. I, I watched it again after we talked about it, just to spite Scottie Pippen. <laughs> just, to, just to spite Scottie Pippen. Like, to watch that again, it was so good. Yeah, it was really good, amazingly put together. So, mm-hmm. Yep, I watched it again just just to give a, a proverbial middle finger to Scottie Pippen. For all this clout chasing, you know. yeah, I don't even watch basketball anymore. Like I don't, I and you know, I used to be mm-hmm. into basketball, yep. and when I was in college, especially when it was March Madness time, yep. do not call me uh-huh. when the game's on. Yep. You never know get an answer. You will be declined right away. <laughs> it's a wrap right away. <laughs> I was really into basketball because I used to play back in the day. Um, I wasn't that great, but I played. I in there. And I loved the game. Yeah, right. I loved the game. So, but now, I don't know what, what has happened. Like, I don't watch any sports hardly anymore. The, I, the last sports I watched was Dago Olympics, I y'all. think the, the biggest moment that's happened in sports history, well, I don't say the biggest in sports history, but a big moment History was made a few days ago. Steph Curry became the all-time three-point. Yeah, yeah. So he, he is the the, yeah. the all-time three-point leader. Uh, and, you know, that was just mm-hmm. a really big moment. And he's not even close to done. So I think he's going to mm-hmm. create an unbeatable record. I think this record won't be touched ever. Oh, wow. um, and if it is... Like, I don't know who will shoot at a clip better than Steph Curry. You know, like, this this is, I think, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. This would be one of those ghost stats that I don't think anyone would ever come close to. Because even now, he's only 32 years old. I think 32 or 33. And he has a good four or five years left on, on yeah, you know, just yeah. of, of, of serviceable play, where he can play. You know, I think about 36, 37, uh, you know, he may hang it up around that time, but that's three, four years. How long has he, has he been in the league? I think he's yeah. I think he's been in the league at least a good 10 plus. Uh, mm-hmm. let, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Uh, like I say, yeah, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's, I was... Uh, that he's been in the league for 12 years. He, he entered the league in 2009. So, yeah, like I used to watch basketball. Like, of course, Michael Jordan was my favorite when I was coming mm-hmm. up. I used to love Michael Jordan, Dominique Wilkins, you know. Um, there were, you know, the Carl Malone's and the Reggie Miller's and even you can throw a little Chauncey Billups in there, oh, yeah. some Robert Orley, yep. and, yeah, and um, Tracy McGrady, Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. You know that's that was my era of basketball. You know what I mean? And um, I was watching Carmelo Anthony when he was at Syracuse. Yep. You know, and then even like I, I watched football too. I loved football, 
but I don't know what's going on. Like, I barely even watch the, the Super Bowl anymore. Like, it's yeah. I, it, it, it was a, it's been a few years for me where I was actually interested in Super Bowl stuff. I think it was one point to where I know, like, I've never been a big football fan anyway. Um, I ne- never played mm-hmm. football because I just was never interested in it. Uh, basketball and soccer, and a little bit of track were, were, were my three sports. So uh, um, what, what would I say? Basketball, soccer, and a little bit of track were, were, my, mm-hmm. were my sports that I played. Um, never really interested, but I would watch the Super Bowl because it's the Super Bowl. And uh, mm-hmm. so you, you got to watch the Super Bowl. But even the past few years, I'm like, Eh. <laughs> Just, eh. Yeah. I um I remember I used to be a huge Falcons fan because you know my mom lived in Atlanta. I used to spend my summers in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember one summer, this was back when, you know, they first became like the dirty birds. Uh-huh. They first started. Yep. You know, really calling them Dirty Birds yeah. with Jamal yeah. Anderson yeah. and Ray Buchanan now was on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was all about it. Yeah, hitting <laughs> <laughs> <the> Dirty Bird. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, I was a big, you know, Falcons fan and stuff, and I remember. Way back, I met Jamal Anderson and Ray Buchanan, and I was like, oh. "Yeah." <laughs> and then I went to the Bowl on Super Bowl and choked. Yeah, yeah, that that, that was such a disappointing like, Super Bowl for them. I, I I remember that one. That was such a bad Super Bowl. Yeah, the Georgia teams just, especially the Falcons. They um. I call them buttercups yep. because it's like, why do you build me up, <laughs> buttercup baby? Just slow me down. Yeah, uh, that's this. You can say that for Carolina teams too, because Carolina does the exact same thing. We we get mm-hmm. really good and we make it there, and then we and it's not even so much that we fail. We fail miserably. Like we get <laughs> like if you if you was going to do that bad, don't even make it there. Like, don't make it there to get right. whooped. Like, who does that? Well, but, but that's that's it, man. Look, we we done ran our mouths for for a while, for a while. But it's all good, man. Listen, hope you guys are still enjoying the content. Um, shout out to everyone that is listening, to to the new listeners, to uh, in my Joe Button voice, the last time listeners, and you know all all that stuff. We appreciate y'all. Uh, this is boy Dante Credo here on Talk My Credo with my sis KT. He Shaw is, hey. is technically here, but he's doing some things right now, so he's just chilling on, on mute right now. But on behalf of Pete Shaw, KT, on behalf of Talk My Credo, stay fly, stay blessed. Until next time, dirty bird, dirty bird.